Welcome to the Boulder Bassoon Quartet Podcast. I'm Brian. I'm Kent. I'm Michael. And today we have two special guests with us. Joining us all the way from Japan, we have composer extraordinaire, Dr. Rika Narimoto. Yay! Yay. Hello, this Hello. is Rika. And to uh, uh, join in the fun as well, we have bassoonist extraordinaire, also from Japan, Kaori Uno. Yay! Yay. 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 Do you think I'm fun? Okay. <laughs> I think you're pretty fun. Okay. Rika, has a, Rika has a really strong grasp on English, but just to make sure that we're all on the same page, Cody's going to help translate. So what should be our first question? Maybe you could just, I, just start with the story of yeah. writing The Sound of New York. Why did you pick those five things for, that, for those movements? And what did, you, what did you think about when we asked you to write a bassoon quartet? She said, it's a hard question. <laughs> Is this the part where we say it's a hard piece and so yeah. <laughs> quid pro quo? <laughs> Revenge. <laughs> so when I listen your request, mm-hmm. I thought it's very difficult because I had never composed for Basin Quartet. It is the first time. And uh, your request is composing inspired by my New York stay. But usually, I don't compose that vessel. So, uh, that, like a really detailed work? You know, no, she never wrote you know, compose anything like that, so it's challenging for her too. Like programmatically or something, something that tells a specific yeah, event do that, like that. Yeah. Okay, okay. So. Most of your work is more abstract, mm. and the sound of New York is very specific. Yeah, and that the first movement is the sound of rain, and the second movement the sound of sirens and car horns. Um, do you have any other pieces that are so specific? Yay, we're number one. <laughs> First one. To yeah, of course, I was young. Sometimes I, comp- I compose uh, using material from my experience, but recently, no. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do we have access to the original email that you sent? Oh, maybe. Did you expect the piece to be as programmatic? As no, I was, expecting, I was expecting a piece that would be more along the lines of what I had heard which is like the piece that she wrote for Cowdy, which is a, a piece for solo bassoon. It does not tell a story or depict something specific. It's much more abstract. The more that I started thinking about um, our project and making a CD and everything, you know, we had music from Kent, and then I knew that the music that we would get from Paul Hansen would be of a certain big Paul Hansen genre. He works in a lot of different styles, but it all has some, you know, connection together. Um, And so I thought something to kind of offset that would be good. And then the more I thought about it, the more I realized, oh, hey, we've got this great opportunity because Paul is American and spent all this time in Japan and loved it, and Rika is Japanese and spent all this time in New York and loved it, so we could make this this connection between all these pieces. And Kent's never gone anyplace, so. (laughs) Not recently. (laughs) Um, 
bet you will. I was in Europe at the end of high school. There you go. Yeah. There you go. How long ago? That was, oh, geez, that was 22 years ago. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? Well, Time flies. Yeah. Well, you, you will go to Japan. That, that is very cool. Yeah. I think I just find it interesting that um, we weren't expecting the piece to be quite as programmatic as it is. And uh, it's interesting that you um, understood the request to be so programmatic. Mm. Communication, I think. That, that's all. I asked Paul, like, the same request, write about your time in Japan. And he wrote about places, Hinode, Nagatoro, Rakuya. Um, and then the fourth movement is just a kind of a general thing about friends. So it's really interesting that you wrote not so much about places, but specific experiences. So why did you pick those five experiences in New York and not, like, the Statue of Liberty or the Empire State Building or whatever else? So I, I think if I compose so Statue of Liberty or Empire State Building or something, mm-hmm. it is... Very normal. Yeah. Flat. Flat meaning boring? Boring, <laughs> boring. Yeah. So yeah. It, it is not interesting. Mm. And probably other composers composed already mm. that style. That's true. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to compose that work with my originality. That's why I uh, focused on the sound. Oh, nice. Mm. Okay. I would imagine as a resident of New York City versus like a tourist, your emphasis would be on different things. Mm-hmm. Like I know every New York City resident knows about the Statue of Liberty and Empire State Building, but it's not something that's part of their daily life. So I feel like possibly the stuff that you wrote about was more of a something that you experienced on a daily basis, which yeah. I think is interesting. That's a good point. That's true. You just you get used to all these things and you take them for granted. Yeah, like you never ever go. We don't yeah. look at the Flatirons the same way as a visitor to right. Boulder would. And living in Buffalo, like, oh, Niagara Falls? I don't want to go there. Why are we going to go to Niagara Falls? <laughs> <laughs> so that's cool. So the sound of New York really captures more, like, normal, everyday life living in New York City. Do you have a favorite movement? Uh, <laughs> of course, I love all movements. Uh-huh. But, uh, but I love ambient silence and cajones. Yeah? Okay. Oh. Why? Yeah, I, lo- I like glissando. Yeah, the glissando, glissando. pitch bending. Okay. Yeah. It's fun to play. Yeah. Um, we were surprised. <clears throat> we got the music and we practiced and practiced and practiced and re- recorded it. And that first movement is very difficult and has a lot of notes. And the first time that we performed it, we were surprised because the audience started laughing in the middle of it. Yeah. Yep. When you wrote it, were you expecting it to be funny? No. Yeah, I, I also, I, I was also surprised to hear mm-hmm. the audience start, start this laughing. I didn't imagine. I think that's bolder kind of stuff, Well, too, though, this happened in Denver. Yeah, yeah, I mean, like, those whole Colorado will come kind of, you know, those audience. They love to laugh stuff. Yeah, and and the laughing isn't so much like, oh my gosh, this is, you know... But I think it it was a a sign of that they were enjoying it. Oh, very Um, much. Yeah, Yeah, so it it was a good... Yeah, 
Yeah, it was part of their pleasant experience with it, I think. Yeah, they could absolutely relate to it, mm -hmm. being caught in the rain without an umbrella. And the one part in particular that it always seems to get the laughter is where we go, blah, 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 yeah, yeah. blah. <laughs> Especially the old Nicely folks. Sung. They just love it. Mm -hmm. It's just always fun to look at their face while you guys playing. They just, oh, yeah. <laughs> break up and everything. This episode of the Boulder Bassoon Quartet podcast is brought to you by Forest's Music and Barton Kane. At Forest Music, you can find every item, every accessory, every kind of instrument that any double reed player could ever need. Forest'sMusic.com Barton Kane has a wide variety available, a variety of shapes profiles and they even have an artist series. It's easy, it's simple, it's high quality. It's bartonkane.com. Let's talk about the trace method. Okay. Because this is um, a style of composition that you have that's pretty unique. And um, I've heard a couple of your pieces that are, uh, have been composed with this method. And so this is kind of more of what I was expecting for, for our piece as well. So your trace method starts with this old form of Japanese traditional music called Ichibushi. Yes. I say that right? Ichibushi. 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 <laughs> it's named after Ichu something. Miyako Ichu, his name. Yeah. And he's from when? Is, when did he live? Miyako Ichu first was born in sixteen fifty. Sixteen fifty. And he died seventeen twenty four. Wow. So he he showed up a little before Bach. Mm -hmm. Yes. And he wrote some music that sounds mm -hmm. nothing like Bach. <laughs> nope. Okay, right now let's we'll add in some of the music mm -hmm. from this recording, yeah.
This is that was Komachi Shosho. Yes, Komachi Shosho Michiyuki. Michiyuki. Yeah. Okay, so we just listened to Ichi Ichibushi. Ichibushi. You use that Ichibushi. 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 Ah, uh, he's better. Ichibushi. Ichibushi. But there's a little comma, not Ichibushi. So we just listened to this old <laughs> Japanese song. How did you hear this the first time? So when I listened to this music, this music the first time, I was very moved. But I didn't know why. So I wanted to know why I was moved. So and I went to the Miyako Ichu Twelve. He is the head of Ichibushi school. So in the 1700s, Miyako Ichu started this new form of traditional music that we call Ichibushi. And he has passed, uh, passed down the teachings of this style of music for 12 generations now. And so you studied with the 12th guy yes he's not actually directly related to the first guy but it's like it's almost like a title so that when you learn everything there is to know about Ichibushi you take on this new name so right now in the year 2015 there's a guy in Japan named Miyaku Ichu Miyako Ichu 12 but they they pick new guy that's gonna be like Miyako Ichu 13th Oh. Next generation they, will start soon. They pick. Is this like the Pope? E, I think so. I think it, what, how they work is like a master and apprentice, mm-hmm. you know, kind of system. So mm-hmm. the master picking whatever the best one in those, you know, group, and then picking, you're going to be your next you're you the know, winner. Winner. The, so the master chooses the, yeah. his own yeah. successor? <coughs> okay. Okay, so you heard this music and then you wanted to meet Miyako Ichu. Twelfth. The twelfth. Yeah, the twelfth. And you did meet him. So what? How did you uh, start to work Ichibushi into your compositions? Can I pause sure. for a second? I'd like to know before we do that. I'd like to know um, sort of the aesthetics of this music. Um, what? should we be listening for how do you know if it is performed well and how can you tell good the music? expectation of this yeah, what's, Japanese what's music? the expectation what is it about this music that is so interesting and appealing we can't answer because we don't know hmm. we don't know how to like you know well there's a this is the way you could enjoy this type of Japanese traditional music. Well, I, okay, I mean, so, like, I mean, but we have certain standards that we know if Bach is performed well. It needs to be in tune. The tempo needs to be consistent. The right, phrases right. need to uh, be logical and fit together. What I heard, is it Shamisen? Shamisen, yeah. Is it um, uh, the flute? What is it? Uh, Japanese flute. Yeah, Japanese those, flute? Yeah. Uh, shakuhachi or not yeah. shakuhachi? Okay. Is the opening part understood as an introduction? 
and the main body of the piece of music is the singing. Yeah, the, there is story. Okay. So there is story. So, but it's use old Japanese anyway. So we sure. It's like a, I so think it's more Shakespeare. Than, I think an old feeling more than like Shakespeare. It's it, it's almost like impossible to understand. It's kind of fine line. So you don't know what the story's about. I first line I could understand a little bit, but probably in going. Away, it didn't huh? sound very happy. Yeah, probably, probably. Japanese traditional music uh, is not for the concert hall or something. So okay. In in house. Mm-hmm. So the it's especially this ichubushi is made for the chamber music. It's really small, traditional those tatami room, and play for people. So okay. it's not concert hall kind of circumstance. Okay. So that's so that that, that concept that probably it's exactly the same as you know Western music chamber music. Because of that, like you know the music form and everything is made for the chamber, like really small space. And you could feel those, like, you know, like, how well they play or those atmosphere and those, like, you know, mm-hmm. pose and, like, you know, th- those live music own special kind of feeling. And it, you're probably able to judge it, he's good or not. Okay. So, like, a recording probably hard because it's not, mm-hmm. you know, that actually somebody is face-to-face and look at them and play. Okay. But if you really seeing them in life probably you could judge this person as great or just so so did I did I hear correctly um, that a big part of it is the um, like the I think you said atmosphere is mm-hmm. it like the emotional content mm-hmm. of the music is very important and how the emotions are mm-hmm. conveyed in the performance is important. We both agree. Okay. Thank you. I mean, it's just we both growing up with Western music right. background. So the, for us also, the, those traditional Japanese music is different world. And we try to find out what is the difference or and like why so attractive to us too. You know? mm-hmm. Now to interject into all this heavy, deep philosophical talk about compositions, it's time to play everybody's favorite game to mix things up a whole lot. Yes, indeed, it's time for what's on Yay! Kent's iPhone. What's on Kent's iPhone? <laughs> all right, let's this get is... the forklift out. <laughs> My <Mike, laughs> Hold on. <laughs> Backing it up. While he is searching through his treasure troves of uh, Celine Dion and Taylor Swift, <laughs> let's go around the table and take a guess. What do you think we're going to hear today, Michael? I've been so wrong the last couple games. Um, how about Schubert Symphony in C? Whoa, that's very specific. Whoa, wow. detailed. Whoa. Yes. detailed. All right, Ethan, what's your guess? <laughs> Um, I'm going to guess something modern. I'm going to say Stravinsky. Stravinsky. Cowdy? Me? And how about... <laughs> if I hear t- Taylor Swift, I'm going to be like, really surprised, but... Taylor Swift? Yeah. Taylor Swift. <laughs> <laughs> Rika, what do you think? What music are we going to hear? Bizet. Bizet. Okay. okay, and I'll go with um, John Williams. 
That's Paul Hansen. I know the name of the tune too. Wait a minute. This is called Parallax. It is indeed Parallax by Paul Hansen. Good tune. Also, this the first the... tune that's not classical that was on this great game show. <laughs> this is the the album with like the green and the purple on the cover. Land of Plenty. What's the name of this album? Frolic. And Frolic. Land of Plenty is the yeah. album. Great mm-hmm. album. Great album. All right, well, there you have it. This has been your latest edition of What's on Kent's iPhone. I love this game. (laughs) (laughs) All right, we're going to pause the conversation there and continue this in next week's episode of the podcast. Um, And so to leave us going out, let's listen to a clip from The Sound of New York by Dr. Narimoto. (laughs) 